Sports by Northwest is supported by the Pacific Office Automation 147, coming June 2nd and 3rd to Portland International Raceway. Hello and welcome to Sports by Northwest. It's a Friday. I'm Bill Orange, joined today by a very special guest, a familiar voice to longtime listeners of, of the show, uh, Oregonian and Oregon Live sports editor, Joel Odom. Joel, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Special guest. I like it. Appreciate that. I mean, I obviously got to drum up, got to drum up the interest, but Joel, um, it's, it's an interesting time because here we are, we're in the off season of the Blazers. You know, we're wrapping up spring football in the state of Oregon. The NBA playoffs are underway. Um, big games in the NBA tonight. Actually, two closeout games in the West here on the West Coast, where you've got the Lakers and Warriors both leading their series 3 2 uh, as underdogs, uh, at least you know, from a seeding standpoint, with a chance to close out in at home. Have you been watching the NBA playoffs, Joel? Off and on, I have been. Yes. It, they've been, there have been some awesome, uh, awesome games and awesome you know individual performances it's it's i've really i've really enjoyed the playoffs so far it seems to be the uh the postseason of of shots to the groin and suspensions and ejections um and you know also (laughs) i mean just been it's been um a lot of a lot of side drama more than i can really remember in past seasons in in the first round like i just don't remember a year where I felt like there was so much, um, I don't know. I don't know where it felt like there was just so much violence happening on the court this year. That feels unique to this season. Yeah. It does seem like that, you know, for all the first round series, you, you've got, you know, some pretty dramatic, uh, dramatic happenings. And, and to your point, it seems like some of this stuff is more typical for like, you know, conference finals level, uh, uh series. So. Yeah, Draymond doesn't usually pull out the, uh, the 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 dirty moves until the finals. Um, so in in the, in the playoffs, obviously, you saw Miami knock off top seeded Milwaukee in the East, which was a huge upset. Um, at least again from a seeding standpoint, uh, Miami obviously not a team to be taken lightly, as Milwaukee learned. I think somebody had the headline. I didn't see it, but was buck around and find out. And I thought that was. I thought that was pretty apropos for the situation. Um, if you had to pick Joel. If one of the two teams playing tonight, the Warriors or the Lakers, is going to close out their series at home tonight, which one do you think is more likely to close it out and move on? You know, I think either one could, uh, but I guess I'd say more likely the Warriors. What's your mm-hmm. take on that? I think I agree. I was going to say the Warriors, too. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the Lakers had a chance to really take command of this series um, in in Game 2 when when uh, Memphis was without jaw in game two in Memphis and Memphis is a very good team and they're lacking some depth. They're missing some, some key players, but this Lakers team is, um, is up and down. And I think a little fatigued. I mean, that's they, you know, the fact that they were pushing for that seven seed. They had to win the play, the play in game, uh, had the overtime game in, in game four, then had to go to Memphis. I mean, the Lakers could do it and LeBron, you can't count out, but I, I just really do feel like golden state, has the momentum they've won three in a row in that series i think that you're talking about a really young sacramento team that hasn't been there before young in terms of age right De'Aaron fox but also um young in terms of experience in the postseason i think you know that they might be a little bit shook by the um by the the full throttle you know warriors and they've got they've gotten the full experience in this series so i think i think golden state closes out um 
and the Lakers might too, but I, th- I think the Warriors are in a better position. To I was going to agree with you though that on on LeBron, I mean, he's coming off a game where he, he only had what fifteen points. It's it was a, a not yeah. very not very LeBron game, so he he might be pretty motivated. Well, and a, the thing about LeBron is like he is very good at, um, you know, I covered him for four years in LA, and he tends to deliver on the things he says. Like you can like read him pretty well like when he knows a series is over or when he knows a season sunk you know he doesn't hide that very well and you know after dylan brooks you know oregon oregon legend dylan brooks uh chirped at lebron after game um after game two and and said you know basically called him old lebron um lebron's basically said like okay like this is his turn is coming and he's delivered and so then after game five he said i played like you know what and that's not going to happen again and i tend to believe him like i take that pretty seriously i think that that probably is true so uh by the way i want to get your opinion on this because i haven't written about it and it's something i've been, been kind of on my mind and you know we're gonna we're gonna tie it back locally this is sports by northwest and Dylan Brooks is our um, current local tie to the to that series, to the LeBron series. And there seems to be a feeling that his sort of uh, act has worn thin. And listen, Dylan Brooks is the guy who committed maybe the all-time most obvious flop in the history of basketball in that game against Utah when he was playing for the Ducks. So, I mean, you know, Dylan Brooks is has always been um, you know, a polarizing figure. Has always has always engaged in the uh the sort of fringe um, uh, window dressing of basketball, let's say. And, and and it has made him a polarizing figure. Do you like his, his, uh, his act and what he brings to the table? Or are you, are you kind of over it? I guess I, I would say I'm more over it. It doesn't bother me terribly. You know, I, I think that a little bit of that helps the game. It, it does, you know, create interest and rivalry type of, of a feel. Um, but would I prefer that, you know, he just sort of move on and play basketball more often than not? Yes. How about you? I don't know why I like it. (laughs) I like it from Dylan Brooks and I like it more than I like, like, I really disliked the the whole Draymond scene in Game Two in Sacramento. I disliked, I disliked the the stomp on on Sabonis. Like I understand Sabonis grabbed his leg, and we can debate whether Sabonis was protecting his head. I, I've been in that situation, you know, where you kind of get kind of tangled up, and it's like you got a chance to like sort of, you know, get. get I don't. know. I can understand like how he might have gotten kind of put in a position where he he grabbed at Draymond's leg. That's dirty, but the stomp was dirtier. And then they're just you lose all. Um, credibility when you know you stomp on a guy oh you can't claim it's an accident if you then don't like check to make sure that you didn't like seriously harm him and then the whole playing it up like a wwe star to the crowd with the commissioner in attendance i hated that and like and and for some reason i look at that really differently than i look at dylan brooks because dylan brooks you know yeah he's got the you know the sunglasses and the you know the outrageous fashion and the um the big talk and he's not draymond green right he doesn't have the credentials of draymond green um but I like that he believes in himself. I like that he, you know, is willing to, um, is willing to, um, you know, go at the biggest star in the game. Um, 
I, you know, his, I thought his flagrant two in game three was soft. I didn't, I thought that that was, you know, one of the, one of the commentators said that he was, you know, trying to take away the crossover dribble, which it looks like to me as well. So, I mean, as, as groin shots go, I thought that was pretty soft. Um, but you know, it's like, you know, I mean, I watched the wire. I, I think you wa- or were a wire watcher as well at one point. No. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you come at the King, you best not miss. Yeah. And that's, that's where Dylan Brooks, you know, falls short, but like, I don't really mind that he went at the King, you know, I mean, it's an unfair fight and maybe he should know better, but I, it, what is, I, I guess I don't know. Like, what is he supposed to do? It's the playoffs. He's supposed to be, 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 uh, reverential of of oh my goodness is LeBron James like no he's old and we're gonna beat we're gonna beat him and you know that's not how it has gone but I don't mind it at all um, you do have to believe you know, in yourself I, when I, you're there you you can't you can't be scared you can't you know feel like you have to like play up to the competition no you gotta right. you gotta feel like like you're in this you're you're in this and your team's in this yeah. you know yeah so Joel we're talking about all this because um because the local basketball team the Portland Trailblazers is not in the playoffs. And the Portland Trailblazers are our only professional basketball franchise. Something that is going to change in the fall. And we can talk about the Blazers and we can talk about their offseason. We can talk about, you know, the the lottery and do they get Victor? And if not, where does that go? Um, and then how do you build a winning team around Damian Lillard? Is that even possible? Or are they just selling us a bill of goods? All of that. We're going to talk about that all summer. I don't know how many opportunities we're going to have to talk about the new G League team and not lose an audience. But I feel like right now, and that we, I did a podcast with, about this with Aaron Fentress earlier this week, um, kind of breaking down the value of a new G League team, um, you know, kind of the, the what we know about a G League team. And Joel, here's what we don't know about the G League team. We don't know what it's going to be called. And I've written, um, this is kind of up my lane in terms of like wordplay and 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 naming things i um you like, i suggested do that, you like puns bro you know it's been it's been it's been, it's alleged, been alleged that i like puns yeah. which just leads me to this golden opportunity we have to brand a brand new basketball team playing games at child center in in, in north portland university park i don't know what the name is going to be i don't know um what direction they're going to go with this um but i ask you joel joel odom uh a a um you are a master of words yourself you are the editor of the department at the oregonian oregon live um what do you think makes a good team name particularly for a a minor league basketball team in this in in portland oregon what are you looking for um i would say some kind of a local tie-in would be nice you know some something that gives us a flavor of where the team is from, what we're talking about, you know, not, not, not a random, you know, lions or tigers. Right. Um, yep. Totally. And, you know, probably because it's G league, because it's minor league, it, it, it could probably be a little bit more out there and whimsical than, you know, one might want for a major league team, let's say. Um, so I would say those things and, you know, something unique, th- those would kind of be like my parameters for what I would hope for, for, for the, t- for the nickname. Um, and any other, uh, you know, factors that you would criteria you would throw in there. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm looking through the list of, of names now and, and I would say about half of the existing 28 G league teams, maybe not quite half, a little less than half 
um, have um, are essentially the same name as the team, right? Where you have the uh, uh, of the NBA team, you have the South Bay Lakers who play in the South Bay of Los Angeles, the Lakeland Magic who play in Lakeland, Florida, um, the Long Island Nets. Um, you know, so I mean, you could always do like the North Portland Trailblazers or the University Park Trailblazers. I I think that is, would be a missed opportunity. You know, the G League doesn't typically have like a big following. Like you don't have fans necessarily, but like there is a chance to carve out, you know, a different, you know, fan base. You're, you're coming in at a different price point. Um, you know, I don't know how much like merch you're going to sell on the G League team, but like, I think you, I think you try to carve out something sort of unique and individual. Um, you know, don't want to go with the bluff trailblazers. I mean, sure. I mean, the, the bluff blazers could be not horrible. Um, I, I, but I think it's a little, I don't know, a little boring. I do like the bluff though. I actually was talking to somebody about that the other day that you could have the bluff in the, in the name, but you know, to me, it's not minor league baseball where you have the, uh, the trash pandas and the, what's the Amarillo, the, the sod puppies or the sod, sod you know, poodles the, or the, something. Sod poodles. There you go. Yeah. The sod poodles. Um, by the way, did you see, <laughs> speaking of the trash pandas, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Did you see that they led a game? Was it two zero? And like they were in the middle of a, a no hitter, and they ended up losing. Or no seven. They they blew some ridiculous lead in the middle of a no hitter, and it stayed a no hitter. But with like walks, hit 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 batters and errors, they ended up losing this like you know I want to say like seven zero lead in a game, and and without giving up a hit, it was just unbelievable. So, and it, the fact that it happened to the trash pandas was, was just sort of perfect. Um, but the, um, the G league doesn't do the trash panda thing. That is not really the brand of the G league and Portland is weird. Keep Portland weird. Um, you know, would they go that route where you'd be the, you know, I don't know. I don't even, I don't know what the Portland version of the trash pandas or the sod poodles would be the, the river monsters, something, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't think that's it. I don't think you go weird. I think you, I think you embrace the, the, the brand and then it's, you know, however, however you can sort of tie it. But because the other thing is like Portland has had so many failed professional sports teams. You've had the Chinooks, you had the Lumberjacks, obviously with the X for lacrosse. You've had the, the a name I liked, by the way, was the Portland Steel because, you know, like steel, you know, like steal the ball and you take the steel bridge to get to the Moda Center. Um, but there was a, there was an arena league team called the Portland steel. So a lot of these names have been, have been utilized. So I'm kind of coming up short on like, what would be a really, really good team name. I did suggest the exploding whales, uh, in a recent column for whatever the next expansion team was going to be. And then literally the next day, the Eugene Emeralds announced that they were going to play as the exploding whales. Uh, that's actually coming up here in a few in next week as well, next weekend. But it seems like with that track, it seems like with that track record, if you could just throw out what you want the team name to be called, it, it there's a at least a fifty percent <laughs> chance that that's what it will be. So, I mean, I would, I would, I would hate, I would hate to be right again. Um, but like, I mean, the Rose City something, the um, Bridge City, you know, Stumptown something. I mean, the fact that you've got the, you know, the St. John's Bridge is right there. I mean, I did think it was maybe a little interesting that the Blazers use the St. John's bridge in their rollout on social. They did sort of a, an etching of the St. John's bridge to um, roll out the new G league team. I thought that was kind of interesting. So I'm, maybe there will be something there, but I mean, something about the river, something about um, North Portland, the Nopo, 
something. I don't know. I I want. I wish I had better. I, I wish I had better specific ideas. But it does. It's not coming to me, which is weird. That surprises me. That's un unbill like. <laughs> well, I just I feel I feel like most team names have been used in the state of in the city of Portland and around the state. I will tell you a story though. Do you remember Joel? You were at the Oregonian, and I was in college. You remember when when Merritt Paulson bought the Beavers, the AAA baseball team, the Beavers, and the Beavers colors used to be red and black, right? When Merritt Paulson bought the team, he did a whole rebrand. And the colors became like powder blue and dark blue and the beaver changed, you know, the image of the beaver itself changed. At one point, though, the beavers were also exploring changing their name. And Merritt Paulson, I don't know specifically Merritt, like he was writing the code for the website. But whoever was doing this, they had a they had a like submit names for what you think that the new team for what the new name of the Portland Beavers should be for AAA baseball in Portland. And I suggested I put it in the, I put it in the suggestion box, the Portland Thorns. And it is my belief to this day that Merritt Paulson, sitting in his office, saw that submission back in two thousand six or seven, whenever it was, and he held on to that until he launched the NWSL team, and that's how we have the Portland Thorns. Filed that one away. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that was my doing. Good job. So do you, I mean, do you, do you want the, do you want the G League team name to be something quirky and like funny, or do you want it to be like a little more serious? I don't want it to be the Blazers uh, at all. I want it to, I do want it to differ from the big league club. Um, a little whimsy would be okay with me. Completely off the wall might be a little off-putting, but. What about, um, what about like you get a sponsor and then you just call the team like the Stumptown Roasters? Like we're going to the Roasters game. Probably wouldn't be my favorite, but it would be okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't argue against money. I get it. I get the whole money thing. You know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't get the whole money thing. That's why I want sponsorships. Um, what? Um, what about something that ties in, uh, like the history of the team? Like somebody else I talked to the other day suggested the the Portland Seventy Seveners. I like that. I do like that. The hit- the seventy seven, the seventy seveners. Yeah. The only, the only thing I have against the seventy, I have two things against the seventy seveners. One, the seventy sixers affiliate in Delaware is the eighty seveners. So you would have an eighty, the eighty seveners and seventy seveners would play each other at least once a year. Um, two, um, what if the Blazers win another championship? Yeah, like I mean, but that's always going to be. I, I guess, I guess seventy seven is always going to be going to always though. be the original, it, it, you know. It won't necessarily always be the um, the only championship, but it will always be the first. Yeah. What if they called them so. the Spirits of 77? Ooh. I don't hate the Portland's, the Portland Spirits of 77. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, the, the Portland Spirit, I guess, is um, the Spirit is the NWSL team in Washington D.C. All right, so we have we have thought this through. We've get, we've come up with almost nothing, um, but if you're listening, please shoot us a note um, and 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 let us know if you, if you have any suggestions. Uh, we can certainly do, we can certainly do our best to put those out into the world and um, and to promote the best suggestions. And also, please please keep in mind that we are launching joel uh this is a good time to mention that we are launching a subtext campaign what is subtext you ask well it's an opportunity to text directly with me bill orem columnist of the oregonian and oregon live and aaron fentress 
co-host often of Sports by Northwest and the Blazers beat writer for Oregon Live. Uh, shoot us a text and we will text you on the regular with our thoughts, insights, and opinions on all things sports. You can shoot us a text at uh, at 503-749-9294 to get started. 503-749-9294. And we'll be texting every day. Really starting next week, I think, is when it's going to really take off. But we'll be talking all things uh, Blazers, Beavers, Ducks, and uh, the wide world of sports, things that we discuss on this podcast. If you have been listening, you know that we have talked about the future of baseball and the WNBA and high school sports and colleges at large, the future of the Pac-12. I mean, these are all subjects that we're going to be diving into more and more and more. Um, Joel, this weekend, I'm going to be at um, in Eugene for the Oregon Spring Game. It is... Um, Obviously, a big event, uh, a big, maybe the, you'd say the kickoff to Dan Lanning's second season at Oregon, 10-3 and three last year. Bo Nix is back for a second season. Um, Joel, a year ago at this, at this point in time, I was, well, I was covering the Lakers, but a year ago when, um, when, uh, when the Ducks had their spring game, there were questions about quarterback. And the, que- the, the thought was, is Bo Nix – you know, is he going to be the guy who was the dude at Auburn transferring in and he just automatically becomes the dude at Oregon? Or is he going to be the guy who had to leave Auburn? And does that make it time for Ty Thompson to assume the reins? It feels like a (laughs) ridiculous question in hindsight, because Bo Nix had, you know, a, you know, one of the great years, you know, that an Oregon quarterback has had. I mean, there've been some great ones, but it was right up there. He was he was kind of wedging his way into the mix um, for the Heisman Trophy discussion, but right up until the moment he got injured against Washington, he played hurt um, against Utah, Oregon State, and then came back and won the Holiday Bowl against against North Carolina. Are your expectations for Bo Nix next season? And we're not going to get these answers in the spring game on on a Saturday in in April, but. Are your expectations that he matches that performance? Do you think that he should be in that preseason Heisman Trophy uh, discussion? Or did he set the bar so high with with everything and kind of catching us all off guard with how good he was and how the Ducks utilized him that he can only, you know, he can there's nowhere to go but down? No, I think I think the former. I think that it's a, there's a greater likelihood that he plays at the level he did last year or even above. You know, another year in the system. Uh, I mean, I know there's a new, you know, offensive coordinator, but but still, just mm-hmm. you know, I I think he showed he's. There's no reason for me to believe that he's gonna you know fall off from where he, from where yeah. things were last season. And so you know, I think for Ducks fans, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I'm short of injury, right? And knock on wood, there. Um, that was the only thing that slowed him down last year, really. And and I do think, you know, there probably has been a little bit of, there was probably an over-reliance on Bo Nix in the, in the run game last year, especially in short-yarded situations because he was just so reliable um, on fourth down. I mean, you go back to some of those early wins, kind of those season-defining uh, tone culture wins, BYU, UCLA. It was Bo Nix and his legs and short-yarded situations and go for, going for it on fourth down that really sort of... Um, created this idea of, of what that team was. Um, obviously that's part of his game going forward, but that's also where we saw him get injured in the Washington game. And, you know, you can second guess individual play calls all you want, 
I have to think there's going to be um, <clears throat> there's going to be some intentionality on the part of of Dan Lanning, but especially Will Stein, the new offensive coordinator, to protect Bo maybe a little bit better than they did last year. That said, I mean you can't. I mean <laughs> you wouldn't. I mean you wouldn't tell John Morant to stop attacking the rim. Right. And so it's, it's the, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, it's what, it's what Bo does well. And it's what put him in, to me, that's what put him in the, in the Heisman race last year, you know, was his, was his versatility, versatility, his, his ability to use his legs and his, um, you know, just sort of his, his toughness. And you don't want to take that away from him. So um, I think, you know, like you said, every reason to think that he's going to be just as good. I mean, the receivers, you know, were a question mark last year, a little bit of a question mark this year, but you have, you know, you have a lot coming back offensively too, especially Bucky Irving in the backfield. So, I mean, you know, Bo has weapons around him yet again. I would expect him to have another big year. Yeah, and I think that you know, just speaking quickly to the to the, you know, him running the ball and and putting himself in harm's way potentially, it's definitely a balance. But I feel like that you can't you know you can't completely take that away because that mm-hmm. was such a huge part of what made them dangerous. You know, attacking defenses. So. It's a it's a balance, but I think it's not as though we're we're not going to continue to see you know Bo Nix keeping the ball lots of times and and picking up first downs in key situations. Yeah, and I think the thing that was most impressive about Bo last year was his adaptability after suffering the injury. I mean, that season could have really gone downhill. I mean, and, and it did, right? I mean, they lot ended up losing to Washington. They lost at Oregon State, um, but. You know, to to beat Utah and and to beat Utah at home when Bo was severely hobbled, and I thought the, I thought the scheme and the play calling and 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 the decisions they made to protect Bo and, and put him in you know quick passing you know short your short pass situations get the ball out quickly was really really smart really clever, and I thought the fact that he was able to be um, to completely transform the way he played. Um, and still be as as effective as he was, you know, throwing darts all down, all the way down the field was was really impressive, and I think it bodes well to his ability to maybe adjust to whatever like wrinkles they want to add to um, to his to his game this year. I hear the cat meowing. Joel, is your cat meowing? Yeah, the cat's upset. The cat had surgery. Um, well, it's been about a week now, but the stitches are still in, so she's she's not particularly feeling her best so there you go what's the what's what's the cat's name oh this cat is queso like like the, like the, the cheese, cheese. Queso yeah. cheese like like well the cheese. we we send our we send our best wishes from sports by northwest family to queso yeah she's to, on the she's her, on the med she'll be okay soon. she she's she, but i'll oh she'll, she'll be okay so um but also i do want to say that you know I, the reason I asked what 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 her name was was I mean we're talking about naming things. I just wanted to get a sense of your of your um, sort of credibility as a as a namer of. I probably have lost. Animals. I probably have lost a little teams. credibility with my naming of animals. I, I have a dog. Her her name is Matilda, but we really rarely call her Matilda. We call her Potato. And then we have another cat named Cheddar. As you would. And, and then we have another cat named Cheddar. So we had Cheddar. And then we got queso. So, you know, not sure that that was the best call, but uh, they look a lot alike. And so that's why. And we got them at different times. And so that's how that came about. Your, your, your nacho. That was a good choice. Yeah. Nacho. Yeah. Not nacho choice. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. On that note, on that on that sharp downturn, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, Sports by Northwest. Um, I do want to. I do want to again refer people to um, to our new our new uh, service, the new texting service that I was talking about. Aaron Fentress and I will be sending out texts every day. Um, this is an opportunity for you to engage directly with us. I mean, it it is um, you know it is twitter but with depth nuance and a real back and forth um that that you can have with us um it there there's a monthly fee after an initial introductory period so you can check it out totally free of charge for two weeks see if it's if if you think it's worth your your time and money we think it's going to be we think it's something you're going to enjoy so shoot a text to sign up it's 503-749-9294 503-749-9294 get yourself signed up and uh start start receiving and sending texts until then i'm bill orham thank you today to joel odom sports editor at the oregonian and oregon live for joining me sharing his thoughts on the wide wild world of sports in the northwest and a little bit beyond with the nba playoffs it was an absolute pleasure to connect with him and and get his thoughts on things so we'll be back next week with more sports by northwest until then i'm bill orham thank you for listening (laughs) 